Hey everybody, today we are looking at Galatians chapter 4. This is part 2, verses 8 through 20. We'll just kind of work through uh, those verses and in sections. You know, Paul had labored over the churches in Galatia for a long while. And now they're slipping back into their old uh, self-reliant mindset instead of relying on Christ as they go forward. Um, Paul's tried to steer them back to their first love, but now he's like giving them this sense of that he's coming to the end of knowing what else he can do to get them to see the glory of Jesus like they did when they came to him for to mercy in the beginning. Let's look at verses 8 through 10. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Paul's he's um, urging the Galatians to have a, a need for urgency. We all need that at times in our lives from people who love us to prod us back on track. It's like Paul here is drawing a line in the sand or giving them an ultimatum. Did he share the gospel with them in vain? Um, there are red flags in the Galatians' lives everywhere. Um, be slaves once again to the worthless principles um, that kept them in bonds. Wow. Um, Again, this makes me think of Israel um, when they were in the wilderness. But this time, it was like, how many times did they cry out to Moses and say, we want to go back to Egypt? That's Egypt where they were enslaved for so many years. But if Paul is concerned about the Galatians to this extent, the Galatians really should be worried. <laughs> and they, they ought to, to take heed to what Paul is trying to do. He's trying to jolt them back to remembering how they were awakened to the truth and the beauty of God's mercy and grace through Jesus and away and out of their own sense of self-righteousness. Verse 12, Paul says, Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. So Paul, he's lived with the Galatians. And I envision it like this. He was one of them while living in their provinces and, and working with them. And he was providing for himself, likely as a tent maker part of that time. He was loving them. He was sharing his time, his food, and his provisions with those who needed. Uh, he was establishing good relationships. The Galatians shared with him as well. And most important, he shared the good news of Jesus with them. Paul seems to be saying, man, I am one of you. I have become one of you in so many ways. Now become like me and walk again in this faith instead of those old um, legalistic self-righteous ways, right? So verse 13 and 14, you know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, 
You did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. So apparently something like this was going on. While he was in Galatia, Paul was recovering from a bodily injury or illness, possibly from a stoning or, or I, I don't think we know. But in the beginning, it seems that it, it kept him from being very mobile. Many of the Galatians received him joyfully and they helped care for him. And, and God used this ailment and his immobilized state to, to ground him in Galatia so he could share the gospel and establish churches and, and personal relationships in Christ, plant the seeds of the gospel in his mission to share Jesus with the world. And the people there were, were kind and they were loving to him and they received him as one of their own. And you know, when troubles and trials come for Christians, um, they, they are God glorifying. If we would just walk in faith, walking in step with the Spirit and loving others and sharing Jesus, it would be good, right? And um, God is doing a work in us for His glory, even in hard things. And Joseph as well uh, comes to mind. Um, even when he experienced so much wrong, uh, not only from his brothers, but through the, the uh, accusations uh, from the people he was a servant to, Potiphar's wife accused him of raping her, attempted, and, and then his brothers were, uh, you know, so, sold him into slavery. And at the end, he, he told his brothers, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good so that many would be saved. So God used Paul's ailment and troubles and trials so that many would be saved also. Paul goes on to say, beginning in verse 15, what then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. Paul prods the Galatians more here, and he says, like, what has gone wrong in this sweet relationship we had before? What happened to the love you had for me? And to make his point serious, uh, as Paul does uh, often, I think, he uses extreme examples. Uh, and he hear of the great love that they once had for him, saying that they would have been willing to gouge out their, their eyes for him. Um, but someone seems to have been influencing the Galatians to... Eh, Defriend Paul, and assume they, the they that Paul talks about, are those who are preaching legalism and, and promoting uh, doing good works to sustain their good standing with God instead of walking by grace through faith even after salvation. Uh, and, and Satan tries to trip us up on that all the time, too. Uh, and another big red flag is seeing that these new people that made much of the Galatians, building up their self-esteem, prompting even more self-righteousness in them. They were at the same time wanting the Galatians to make much of them instead of to make much of Jesus. And Paul was bold and he told them the truth about how they were following the wrong path because 
He loved them. And we need to take strong, bold actions of love uh, to those around us who are falling back into the grips of Satan. And like I say, do it with love, like Paul did. A person who loves someone is willing to even have them uh, dislike them for, for saying the truth at times, because it's for their good that we do that. And Paul talks a little bit about that as he goes forward, verses 18 through 20. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. So to be made much of um, because you're reflecting praise back to Jesus is always a good thing. It is Him working in us and out of us for His own glory. And, and even that is not our own doing. We are His workmanship and give all the glory to Him. That's the way it should be. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, God's work in us is a good thing, but self-righteous legalism in us gives glory to those who practice it and also those preaching it instead of giving glory to Jesus. And Paul says he's like perplexed about the Galatians. He's, he's puzzled, he's baffled, and once again his heart is sorrowful in wanting the love of Christ to take good root in their lives. He desires to be with them, that the relationship might be sweet in Jesus the way it was before. I'll close here by saying that all habitual sin has a knack for harming godly relationships. Um, Self-righteous legalism was a habitual sin for the Galatians, and it was harming the relationship that um, they had with Paul. And uh, the Galatians were not apparently walking in circles of repentance in this. Um, it, it was habitual. And self-righteousness is really just another name for pride, which I think is present in all the sins we commit. So although we might think we're not like the Galatians, and we are ones who rely on God's grace, um, all the different masks that pride wears very likely deceives us. And I know it does me from time to time. And I think we must always be watching out for the red flags in our own life. Um, because they can bring us down like they were doing to the Galatians. And Paul is just saying, run from pride. Where? Run from pride to mercy. Um, run from pride to mercy. Mercy is only found through Jesus. Jesus, who, who lived the perfect life. He was the one that was self-righteous in the real sense, um, truthfully. So he lived the perfect life. He died the sinner's death that we deserve. And he rose from the grave. And he puts his righteousness in the, 
the bankrupt accounts of all who believe in him, all who delight in him, all who see his beauty and, and walk in mercy and grace throughout their life. Instead of pride, mercy is the only option for um, sweet fellowship with God and, and one another in Christ, even after our salvation. And that's what the Galatians need needed in their life. We close with this verse. We'll pray. Jesus said this in Matthew 9.13. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Father God, you are awesome. Thank you for your beloved son, Jesus, who you gave uh, to be the sacrifice, to be paid the wages for our sin, Father, so that we might know the righteousness, his righteousness, and have fellowship with you, Lord. Thank you for the great gift. Thank you that he rose from the grave and gives us the resurrection power to walk in, in newness of life joy and peace and forgiveness, loving our neighbor. And uh, thank you, Lord, that we have your mercy and grace um, to go before us in this broken world, that we might always be confident that even when we are ill and there's troubles and trials, that you're going to use those things for good so that many will be saved. Uh, the way you did with Paul and the way you did with Joseph and so many more. We love you. Thank you for this great confidence and all the victories you will give uh, the rest of our life, Lord, as we walk in you. In Jesus' name.